Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Being a mid-level developer is like being a middle child or a member of Gen X. Everybody forgets about you as you sit there sandwiched between the groups that everyone caters to. However, you still have to get through this phase of your career, regardless of anything else. In this episode, we're going to discuss some career mistakes that mid-level developers make and why they are mistakes even though they may seem like a good idea at the time. How many stories have started with, seemed like a good idea at the time? Most of college, at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what, uh, what seemed like a good idea at the time to you this week? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really have a whole lot of updates, although I do want to relate a really funny story that happened to me in Costco uh, a few weeks ago. So I was walking along and the lights suddenly dimmed oh, fun. in the store. And I looked around and nobody else seemed to notice. And so I'm kind of like, you know, you're kind of going, okay, something's really off here. And I hear this old woman's voice go, it's okay, son. I saw it too. You're not having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because I mean, it was, it was the point where like nobody else seemed to be paying attention to it. You know, it's like the, everything went really dim for a couple seconds and went right back up. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, did I just see that? You know, I, you know, kind of going a little cracked in the head, you know, what's going on there. So that was, uh, I found that rather humorous in my old age. So <laughs> how about you? Oh my goodness. That is funny. You're, you're only a little over a year older than me and I am not old. So you're not old dude. All right. So uh, it's it's really funny that um, we're talking about mid-level developers because I lead a team of junior developers and my junior devs, they're, uh, they're growing up. I got to say, I, I'm so proud of these guys. They just way overcomplicated a very simple task. And they, they're working on it together and they, they put in this pull request. One, I was like, why are you guys doing this together? It's like super simple. And they put in this pull request and I looked at what they did and I was like, oh, it's very, very creative solution, guys. Very creative solution. Here's a simpler way of doing it that's going to be easier to maintain and scale. And like once I, I explained it to them, they're like, oh my goodness, why didn't we even think about this? It's so simple. And I'm like, experience. Like this is, when, this is where when you I was are at, right now. Yeah, when I was at, at at your stage in my career, I absolutely would have done the exact same thing. Actually, I yes, probably did. <laughs> no commentary on that one. But uh, but I am just I'm so proud of them. They they're reaching that mid level overcomplication phase because honestly, as their lead, there are two ways I can look at this. I could be really annoyed by it. Or I could be really happy about it. And I am choosing to be really happy about it because that's awesome for them because they're moving forward. You yeah, know, it's part of the natural progression. It is. And it is. You should be happy. You know, like it's, it, it's kind of like your first car crash as a teenager. <laughs> you know, like it's something you're going to do more than likely. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really not even as bad as that. It's just like, hey, this is just kind of where we are on the timeline, you know? Yeah. That that makes perfect and, sense. And it would be way worse if they weren't trying to do something complicated. You know? Yeah. Like if they were just content. That that's that's very true. So my print driver must have updated because it keeps randomly printing things that I thought were lost in the ether. I, I checked the print queue and found some stuff that I had tried to print a while back that just sort of like I hit print and it never did anything. It didn't go into the queue. It just sort of disappeared. Uh, so I removed that and then it kept trying to print stuff. So I took out the paper because that way when it starts, it goes, hey, there's no paper. And then I can cancel it before it actually starts printing anything. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, this last Windows update was kind of weird. Some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, in in good news, my professor pushed back the due date on an assignment that was due Friday so that we have the weekend to complete it. Thank goodness that that really like relieves some stress for me. But also like it let me have a little bit of rest yesterday evening after work. I did some some work on it yesterday, but I wasn't stressed about getting it done because I knew we were recording tonight and have small group tomorrow night. So I was like, uh, when am I ever going to get this done other than Wednesday night? So it was nice to actually get a little rest between things last night after uh, after work. We uh, want to welcome our newest uh, Patreon patron, uh, Y. Kit Wong. Thank you for your support. It's because of all of y'all that we're able to make this show happen each week. Uh, so that's, that's a big deal. Thank you. Saving money is hard, especially... When you overcomplicate everything. Lucas Casades is a fee-only certified financial planner, and he owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, and just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you uncomplicate your financial plans and situation by not only establishing a real plan, but taking action so that you can live your best life. Yeah, and... To live your best life, you know, you you want a return on your, you know, financial services and the help that you get towards those. And Lucas makes that happen. There's really a compounding impact of making better financial decisions and he can get you there. What's really nice is that Level Up has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Even if you are just starting out or if yeah, you, know, you you've just moved from junior to mid and you're you're right there like hey, I've got I've got some money I can start really like looking into my finances. He's got a pricing tier for you. If you're a senior developer looking toward retirement, he's got a pricing tier for you. If you're just starting out, first job, like I don't know what to do, he's got a tier for you. And that's like the really cool thing about the way Level Up is set up. Yeah, Lucas is also a fiduciary for his clients, which means he's not trying to sell you something. He's actually trying to help guide you to a better financial situation. Yeah. So guys, you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face and interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their careers and you can also learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. 
it's a lot of fun being a mid-level developer. You probably still enjoy writing code, hopefully. Um, now, this is true of seniors too, but it's a different thing at that level. You know, everything is still fairly new. You haven't seen the same old crap over and over again for years. You know, tech kind of comes in waves. After you've been around a while, you've seen this wave before. And, you know, when you're mid-level, there's still a lot of stuff to learn. And, you know, once you have the basics down, the whole world of development actually opens up to you in a way that it really didn't as a junior developer. And your work environment gets better, too, because you're going to be trusted with more difficult projects, you know, greater responsibility, uh, you know, more uh, ability to kind of choose what you're going to do next. And you also probably get a better salary, hopefully. Now, herein lies the danger. While these are probably going to be some of the best years of your career, there are things that you can do during this time that will make advancement more difficult uh, than it really has to be. Don't worry. These mistakes are survivable. Trust me, I've made quite a few of them. They just make things harder than they have to be. You will screw up during this period. That's going to happen. Accept it. It's like, you know, you're going to fail at, at stuff. Accept it. It's going to happen. The point is being able and willing to recognize mistakes before they accumulate into a big ball of mud that makes your career less enjoyable and limits your potential future growth. Now, while we are telling you that these mistakes are survivable, uh, survivability doesn't mean everybody survives. Honestly, the statistics can be pretty stark. Uh, there's a pretty big chunk of developers that quit within their first five years when they're arguably still mid-level. At least, you know, when I was coming up, that was definitely mid-level. Uh, now it's kind of changed. And they quit for a variety of reasons. You know, sometimes it's burnout. Sometimes it's boredom. You know, sometimes it's just a lack of opportunity the kind of things that they want to do. And you're going to want to avoid situations that make this more likely. Uh, we're going to talk about some common mistakes that you know, make this more likely to occur. And you know, even though these mistakes are things that everybody has to go through, uh, recognizing them early is the key to avoiding the problems they cause. In this episode, we will talk about some common mistakes that mid-level developers make and why they are mistakes. Don't worry, we all make at least some of them, and most of us make all of them. The point of listing mistakes is not to avoid making them per se. Uh, instead, it's to make sure that you can recognize when you're making one or when you're about to make one. The damage from these sorts of mistakes is small, but it's cumulative. So the earlier you recognize them, the better off you are and the better able you are to mitigate that damage. In the aftercast, we'll talk about what managers can do to actively help their mid-level developers, as well as ways to make sure that you recognize when a mid-level developer is starting to think more like a senior developer. So the first mistake is pretending that office politics don't matter. The thing is, junior devs can play dumb. And you honestly, in a lot of cases, you probably should. Uh, mid-level and senior devs really can't get away with that. You know, and you probably can't get away with it if development is your second career either, right? Like it's a thing of, okay, they're green. They're just out of college. We cut them some slack. We explain things to them. You know, when you're 40, that's not happening most of the time. And maybe it's the environments that I, I've yeah. been in, but, or the people I've talked to, because I don't know, I, I've noticed and it also may be a shift 
recently because a lot of people have been going into development as a second career. With yeah, the, with, the t- with the downturn and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have a lot of junior developers in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s who like are are getting that because it's a second career for them. So I don't know. Uh, that one's sort of like, eh. I think um, they get away with then, it less than a, than the 22 year old though. It, it, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about maturity wise, yeah, they get away with it less. If you're talking about like, Hey, I don't know this because I've not like, I've not done it before. I, yeah. I, I have not heard that from my friends who have like, I'm thinking more that, like so. the office politics thing, like stepping on toes. Yeah, probably not, not office politics. I'm thinking more yeah. like, you know, I don't know about this angular like thing because you know i just learned angular last year you know i don't know, or, I don't know anything about the angular router because i don't really want to know anything about it um yeah. <laughs> I'm with that like, but, you also can't assume that your manager or senior developers will cover for you when you're a mid-level because that's also a great way to make enemies uh, you need to be proactively building alliances rather than reactively trying to mitigate your shortcomings yeah, and this also means being aware of other people's motivations. Uh, not everybody out there wants to be the best developer in the world. In fact, probably, I would say fully 80% of them don't. They just want to do their job and they want to go home. And some people have other goals. They want to start businesses. They want to move into management or, you know, they just, they're just kind of coasting or whatever. And that's completely okay because they've got other goals outside of work. But you don't want to go at all these people like they want to be the best developer in the world because it's not going to work. Yeah, that's a that's a big mistake I have seen, I have made, and I have seen others make as mid levels is because you have like you're coming out of the I've got the basics down and starting to see all the possibilities. Like you know, um, last week we were talking about motivation and seeing like learning as you learn you see all the opportunity and you get excited about it it's like that's going on here because you're the world is opening up to you and not everybody else sees it the same way yeah they just see more work yeah the thing is being aware of the motivations of others will help you make uh, a better team player because you are more easily able to see what motivates others instead of what you think is supposed to motivate them. Yeah. So I've got an example kind of from the other end. Uh, I worked at a, a, a company there for, I don't know, about seven or eight months. And we were kind of behind on a deadline. And the owner of the company offered to uh, buy us all tickets to a Tennessee Titans game if we completed the project on time. Right. Because he liked football. And we're all looking around and none of us did. Like none of us cared about football at all. Yeah. And he, he was so tone deaf that he didn't get that. Um, and that's really bad from a CEO perspective. But like you don't want to be at that level as a junior dev or mid-level dev either, where you're, you know, where you're so clueless that people are offended by the level of cluelessness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's you gotta know your team. Yeah. Cause I have I have worked on uh, development teams where that would actually be a motivator for most of them. Oh yeah, it was also a team that we we would go to Predators games together. Like if if they offered to buy us Preds tickets, we'd work extra. 
I mean, they'd have to pay us overtime too, but we'd we'd work extra. <laughs> yeah, or you know, like bringing in food, right? Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get pizza for everybody. That works if everybody's in their twenties. If everybody's, you know, they got kids at home and they're, you know, you're in your forties and you're kind of trying to watch your waistline and you know you don't recover well from late nights. Like that's not going to do it for you. So the next mistake is being arrogant toward other employees. Oh, I have not made this mistake. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there is a point after you get your feet wet where you get more confident. And that's that's good and that's natural. The problem is some people get a lot more confident than their skills can really back up. It's easy for this to become arrogance. Or even just to look like it, even if you aren't arrogant, it, it's especially when you've been like, I don't know what I'm doing. Suddenly things start to click and you're like, oh, why don't you do it this way? Yeah, because you can't remember an hour ago when you didn't know how Lambda functions worked. Yes. And all of a sudden, oh, it clicks, you know, like that. That's a real problem. And it's it's real easy for us to forget, you know, what we were like when we were junior devs or before we got into development. And it's really important to not be snarky towards your non-coding coworkers. There is a natural friction between developers and sales and developers and marketing and developers and project managers and developers and support. See, I'm hearing the same word throughout this that seems to be the problem. It's the word developers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the, the person that has a problem with everybody on their street. It's, it's like, yeah, I think I know where the problem is. But the thing is, you cannot be sneering at these people and looking down at them, right? They're, they're still providing some value or they wouldn't be there. And it's probably something that either you can't do or you don't want to do. And so you shouldn't, you know, ever treat them badly. Oh, yeah. I, I worked with a guy who was like, because was didn't know tech at all. Like, he was... Should have been a subject matter expert for this, but they made him the PO on this project. And he just struggled and struggled with the technology. But you get him talking about his field and dude had a PhD. Yeah. Of course, he got that PhD, you know, uh, before some of us were born. Yeah, but he probably kept going with learning too. So. Yeah, with learning his field. Just not the not the IT side of stuff because that was not his field, and it was like brilliant guy, but when he started talking tech, it's like he would fumble and stumble over his words and get confused, and it was a little bit of a mental block, but also just an unfamiliarity with it. And you know, I just I remember some people like who didn't stay there for long, talking bad about him and. Like someone else going, you realize he has a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've worked with a few like that too, that were just, you know, like they were like into chemical engineering and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, they might say something about rerouting the encryption or something like that. And you're, you kind of go, okay, let's not talk tech. Let's talk the thing that you're good at because that's what I've got to implement. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. and being able to collaborate with those people is really, really important. The thing is, you need to figure out where you fit in to kind of the scheme of things with 
respect to those people. Figure out how you can work more effectively in a way that helps them. Uh, one of the big things with what we do in tech is to make other people's jobs easier. And I remember going into a meeting one time where uh, I was taking over. We had a, a developer leave. And so I was taking over the API on this. And I go into the meeting and I had a bunch of questions. So I was trying to figure it out and stuff. And I was getting some resistance because the developer who had left had been, you know, one of the arrogant types. And I just stopped and I was like, look, let me break it down for you. My job is to make it so that your job is easier, so that you don't have to spend hours doing this by hand. You can spend minutes doing it on the computer and then move on and do something else. And you're not wasting your time on this and you're not staying, you know, late and not getting paid for it to get your work done. Yeah. You know, that that just little bit right there completely changed the tone of that meeting. And probably future meetings too. It did. It did. The thing the thing is mid-level developers often make a mistake in that they want to be highly regarded by their own team while not really caring what other people think. And that's a mistake. Yeah, and a mid-level developer that acts this way on a team is a real problem for management uh, because management then has to go and try to mend those relationships and try to calm everything down. And it's often a problem for their coworkers as well because that sort of snark and arrogance, like you don't typically just do that to one person, right? It becomes part of you. And it's going to be directed at your teammates at some point. And it's corrosive, and it limits your ability to learn and your coworkers' desire to teach you anything. So the next mistake is failing to ask for help. Uh, this is a common problem for mid-level developers. Many of them feel that they're supposed to have all the answers and that they will look bad if they ask for help. While you really should try to figure things out, uh, you, you don't want to be like constantly pestering. It, you can't just like sit and spin forever. And I, I've talked to the developers I work with about this because, um, like I said, they're they're kind of at that that point. We don't have a mid level position. It's just like like they're they're kind of at that point. And I'm like, look, guys, it's like I love that you guys are trying to figure stuff out on your own, but don't wait to ask me to hop on a call. Like, that's what I'm here for. That is like in my job description is to help you guys. Plus, even if it weren't, I'd do it because I enjoy doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not taking any, you're giving something to me. You're not taking from me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, well, like when you were, you know, when I was mentoring you, right? Like the, the way we worked it out is, you know, it's like, okay, what did you Google? What have you tried? And it wasn't just sit and spin on it forever, but it was, it was more, you know, like at some point you got to fly on your own. Mm -hmm. But we don't want you to try to fly when you can't because that's called falling. And, you know, that, that's literally the way that you should do it, you know, as a senior dev helping mid-levels, which is another reason why a lot of mid-levels have a hard time is the senior devs don't seem to get that. Uh, but if you want to hear more about that, go to the aftercast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, Another related problem is that mid-level developers really tend to underestimate the complexity of implementing some things. 
so if your implementation plan starts with we'll just do whatever, uh, you probably should stop back, you know, stop and step back and reevaluate. Uh, there's a pretty good chance you're missing something and you need to figure out what it is before you keep going. Other thing is this can also take the form of not asking for help when you're overloaded. And this was one that I really suffered from. Yep. <laughs> Healthy management does not expect you to work yourself into an early grave as part of your job requirements. Uh, you should be talking with management if you're getting overloaded. Uh, they can either find help for you or at least tell you what is wrong with your approach and that's making you overloaded. It may be that you know they're expecting a higher capacity out of you than is physically possible within working hours. Or you're getting interrupted a lot. And yeah. I mean, I, I had this conversation with my manager, right? Because I'm like, hey, I'm kind of getting a little bit like things are getting heavy yeah. here. And he's like, well, you know, break down what you've been doing. And there's two or three things. He's like, yeah, you don't have to do that. Like you delegate that, you know, so like it's still a thing when you're a team lead. Mm -hmm. But this is when you learn to start doing that, hopefully in a healthy way before you get to be a team lead and you're working 80 hours a week because you don't delegate. <laughs> That's an interesting thing, because like when I first started, I was a junior developer and I didn't get a lot of like I had interruptions from QA, which got addressed, but I didn't have like a lot of other stuff. But as, the longer I was there, the more people knew me. Yeah. And I didn't really like I didn't think about it until I left and I became a lead developer. And now I'm like my interruption level is actually a little bit less than when I was a junior because I don't have the QA who doesn't know boundaries. Like I've got my team, but that like that's part of my job. Like they're not interrupting me. They are like, you know, supporting them yeah. is my job. But, you know, it's it's so interesting because like I don't know as many people like in the business side of things. So I I'm not getting called and contacted and been like, hey, can you step in this meeting and explain these things for us? Because, you know, I y'all know come. how I explain things. People like that. It's you know, it's What's why this podcast works, right? Like we both kind of have that's those that's a skill that we definitely both bring to the table. And yeah, so we're both prime for getting overloaded. And it's yeah. been that way for our entire careers. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so you should also be willing to accept help if it's offered. Sometimes other people will see that you're struggling and will offer help. Take them up on it if you know they can. It's only a problem if they're skipping a higher priority task to help you with a lower priority task and the higher one doesn't get done. Like that's that's the only time that's really a problem. I've seen this uh, recently on on my team where I was in a meeting. And so one of my developers asked the other developer on the team to help him with something and uh, not the thing they overcomplicated or something completely different. But uh, yeah, they got it. They did a great job. Like I, I've reviewed the PR and I was like, good job, guys. You know, way to go. So they did call me in because they were having some issues with some unit tests. And so I helped them with that. But yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes people that offer to help are offering to help because the thing that you're doing is interesting. And it's not because they think you're overloaded. It's like, hey, this is their their way to kind of slide in on some of that interesting activity. So yeah, always be open to that because it's probably not going to go anywhere bad. 
Now, speaking of things you should always be open to, one of the other mistakes is failing to find a mentor. So you shouldn't be open to making that mistake. You should be open to not (laughs) making that mistake. Um, Yeah. You know, you probably did have a mentor, a senior developer, or a team lead who kind of took you under their wing when you were a junior developer, at least I hope so. If you don't still have that as a mid-level developer, you need to go find that. Uh, This becomes more true the more you disagree with the statement I just made. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, while you can read documentation, blogs, and articles about software development, nothing is better than having a mentor who is a sort of developer you want to be in the future. A lot of times, the people writing posts on the internet are mid-levels or maybe even juniors. uh, Or they're not developers at all. No, there's that too. GPT-2 or 3. The thing is, when you're a junior, if you're at a good company, you will have people seeking out like you'll either be assigned a mentor or you have people seeking you out to to mentor you at the mid-level it's sort of expected that you do that so if you have you know since a lot of times to get promoted we have to leave the company if you have moved to a new company they're expecting you to go out and find a mentor they're expecting you to have one but it's also on you to get them and it really can't be emphasized enough, but a lot of the people who give advice on the internet are not people you would take advice from in a work environment. This is, there's a reason that they are trying to get attention for what they're doing. And if they don't have the work experience to back up what they're saying, that reason is probably not in your best interest. I mean, you and I both know people who write lots and lots of articles who cannot code their way out of a wet paper bag. And they're always on dev. Yeah. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't write any articles. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't no, we actually spend our time coding, but we do. We do write articles in that we write like this podcast, which is out on the internet. So, like you know, take our advice and not everyone else's is what I'm saying. I'm just messing around um, with you guys, though. No, well, like try just, our advice and see if it works. Yeah, uh, and check, check it. Trust but verify is what right. I like to say. I forget where I heard that, but somebody. It's a quote. Ronald Reagan. You're old enough. It? Yeah. <laughs> Just say no. Wait, no. That was... Anyway. Yeah. That was the same, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I remember. I'm not, not, not that old. Uh, <laughs> that was a long year difference between when you were born <laughs> and when I was born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ideal mentor. That's a topic for a book right there. Is someone you work with who has an interest in you doing well because it will help them do well. Structured this way, a lot of problems with mentorships go away because both parties actively benefit and have realistic expectations of the process. Um, That doesn't mean you can't get a mentor who doesn't work with you. I mean, Will's been my mentor uh, throughout this journey and like we haven't worked together since uh, I got my first job outside of the apprenticeship with him, uh, except for on the podcast, but you know. Or that such a person isn't good. It's just easier if they do work with you. Now, if sometimes you may not be able to, like we we know people who they just don't have anyone that can mentor them at their jobs. And in this case, uh, Will and I actually have have a path for you guys. If you check out our Patreon, we do some coaching. We have three different levels of coaching even. Where you can get, uh, you know, depending on how much you want to spend per month, you can get a uh, a monthly video of us answering uh, any question you have for us. 
you can get weekly meetings with us or a once a month meeting. Uh, sort of depending on, like I said, how much you, you want to spend. But uh, check that out. And we'll have a link to our Patreon in the show notes. Now, another thing that will jump up and bite you as a mid-level dev, and this is something, there is a way around this, by the way, but that is job hopping too frequently. Changing jobs is probably the best way to get a nice pay raise in this industry. In fact, I, I would almost, like, except for the very few times I've seen it not be the best way, it's like the only way. It can be a problem, however, if you do it too often. You know, this can make you look kind of flaky and uncommitted. Yeah. It also potentially makes it harder to get a new job. It really slows down your learning. Junior developers learn from obvious problems, but mid-level developers learn more effectively from solving kind of more subtle, more difficult problems that take a while to uncover. And if all you're getting are, you know, all right, well, you're new, so they throw you on the simpler stuff because you're you're new and you don't ever get that that deeper stuff, you're going to stunt your growth. Yeah. And sticking around for a while will also ensure that you get burned by your own mistakes or by the long term consequences of the mistakes of other people who you agreed with. Um, <laughs> like that is probably some of the most valuable learning I've had in my career is stuff I've screwed up six months ago or a year ago or five years ago in some cases. Oh, yeah. I, I learned the most from going back and having to deal with code I wrote six months ago. Yeah. Just because I was like, oh, my goodness, how could I have done this to myself? Yeah, or I wasn't thinking about all these other things and I didn't know mm -hmm. to ask. And, you know, what could I do to fix that in the future? Like that, yeah. that sort of introspection that you get out of just like continually stepping on rakes that you put in the yard. Like it, it's, it, it's really hard to explain to somebody how much personal growth that will give you if you just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, uh, or we'll talk about this in the aftercast, I'm sure. But sometimes as a leader, you have to like let your, your developers do that to themselves. Oh, yeah, we are talking about that. I know that point's in there. <laughs> if it's not, I'm going to write it in, but I'm uh, pretty sure it is. That was one of the hardest things for me when, when I started leading a team. Like before I even got onto to this job, I was leading a team. And yeah, that was the hardest thing for me it was letting them make the mistakes that I'm like, it's right there. I see. I see what you're doing. I know the problem. But you have to let them make that mistake or else they're not going to learn. And sometimes the mistake isn't that painful it's just like okay you know you need to realize that this doesn't work because it will be painful if you're doing it at the senior level you know across a big yeah. system now the thing is this doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't change jobs uh it just means that you should be deliberate when you're doing that it has to be like a big jump in pay or an opportunity to work somewhere or in an industry you really want to work to really be worth it at this point so speaking of things being worth it, another common problem with mid-level developers is that, and everybody does this, is learning things without learning where they don't apply. Like everybody does this. They learn patterns, they learn techniques, they learn technologies first because you have to. And then they don't stop and go, okay, when should I actually use this and when is a bad time? Um, I remember when generics came out dot net dot net. I put them everywhere. I just said dot net, didn't I? That's the yes. Russian version. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dot 
Dot Wait, No. Yeah. <laughs> Dot, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds like the Russian version. Dot, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, code compiles you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, honestly, guys, this is really true about anything you learn within technology. A lot of times, the best way to find out where it doesn't apply is to apply it everywhere. And then the problems start to become obvious. I mean, it, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting thing because when you learn a new technology, you learn first the technology, then how to apply it and like where to apply it. But you like you don't get in the plural site videos where not to apply it. Yeah, because they can't tell you. Like, yeah, because some of yeah. it is based around like your own tendencies or the tendencies of your team too. So yeah, it's it, like the, literally the only way you find that particular snake is to get bitten. So the thing is, this gets mid-level developers uh, pretty badly because they lack the experience to anticipate where a rule might not apply. And they also tend to lack experience with enough other patterns and practices to realize when something else might be a better choice. The real issue here is that you need to change your mindset when you learn something new to make sure that you quickly cut through the hype and determine where it really isn't useful. And the only way to do that is experience. I, I was actually talking with, uh, with one of uh, the developers on my team about this today, saying, you know, it's it's an experience thing. It's just one of those things, you know, because he's very bright and very studious. And I'm like, yeah, it's literally something that you just have to learn over time. Yeah. So the next mistake is not learning business rules. It is critically important as a mid-level developer that you not spend all your time just learning technology. You need to learn why your employer does things the way they do them. At the junior level, this is not as important. But when you hit that mid-level, um, it for you really to progress beyond just being a technologist, you're going to have to learn this. Well, and to, to be a senior dev, right? You're going to be explaining this to junior devs. You need to have the capability to do that. Mm -hmm. And that does mean learning the business rules. I mean, you need to remember that the end product of your work is what your employer is actually paying for. Uh, if you create the wrong thing or you can't finish the task, then nobody cares what technology you use to fail. Yeah. Another reason to spend time learning business rules is that you're going to be expected to translate those business rules into code at a level that wasn't expected of you when you were a junior developer. Because as a junior developer, you were just told, build this thing this way. As a mid-level, you're starting to be given a bit more autonomy and you need to, to really understand what's going on to be able to make decisions. Yeah, and it's also important to understand why certain business rules in place. It's also important to understand why certain business rules are there because that makes you more efficient in your job. It's especially useful for figuring out which application requirements management is most likely to actually prioritize above all the rest. Um, even if you're doing ag Agile, by the way, uh, you're going to be surprised how often this doesn't match what was said in planning. So speaking of uh, Agile and planning and all that fun, another mistake that people don't think is a mistake, but it is, is accepting promotion into management 
if you don't want to go that way, or if you don't feel like you're ready. Uh, now this is one that I did more than once. Um, and it was a mistake. Uh, it's really tempting to accept a managerial position over other developers when you're mid-level. Um, but it can stunt your growth. While this is probably okay if your goal is to actually just become a development manager or a scrum leader or a product owner or something like that, and, you know, hey, this is the way I'm going, you really need to think long and hard about whether this is what you actually want to do. You don't just take the promotion just because it's there. Yeah, actually worked with, uh, with a girl, and she was an okay developer, and, like, that's not an insult. That's just, like, that's it. She got into it and she's like, this is not what I want to do. So she was working on a master's in management. Yeah. And then she actually left and is now like running a development shop. Yeah. I guess that's what she wanted to do. She was a mid-level developer who wanted to go into management. And so she did, she did her time in grade as a developer to like understand what the developers do. And now is a, like I'm assuming she's a really good manager having known her and worked with her uh, as junior developers. I'm like, I bet she's a really good manager. Yeah. And I know two or three like that as well. The other thing, when you're a manager at the mid level, a lot of times you're kind of leading without authority and that lack of authority may not be understood by the people who report to you or who are, you know, on the other teams, you know, um, and you're you're a lead of a different team or whatever. And the thing about this that gets you is that you may be relying on their feedback to learn more and improve the quality of your code, and they don't feel like they can give it because you're a manager. You're one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that really only applies if you're a manager who codes. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, if you're, like, a manager-manager, that's a whole other ball of wax. But it doesn't seem like that's a career thing that happens anywhere near as frequently. That's true. Yeah. Now, if you aren't ready to manage other people, especially other developers, this may be due to lack of aptitude, experience, uh, sense of imposter syndrome. The position is very risky. It can blow up in your face in a very public way. And I, I will be honest with you guys. When I was in grad school, I was working for a company. This was, uh, I guess, the first time I was in grad school, I should say, getting a degree in clinical psych. I was working for a company that uh, did uh, housing and behavior services for adults with developmental delays. So I started off as like working in one of the homes uh, during the day, a few days a week. And then a position came up for behavior specialist. I was like, hey, you know, that's a bachelor's level version of what I'm getting my master's in. This would be great. So I took it. Company got bought. And being the low man on the totem, they're like, hey, we don't need another behavior specialist. We need another manager. And they're the same pay grade. So we're going to transfer you over to management. I was not ready to be a manager. I knew nothing about management. I'd never, I had no ambition to go into management at that point in time. I was like, what, 25, 26? And just like managing people twice my age. And it was horrible. I think I lasted about two or three months. And then I'm like, I just, I quit because I like, nope. That was how my first experience was too. I had four people on the team. Three of them didn't need a manager. Yeah. 
or at least not like what what I was bringing to the table. They didn't need it. And the fourth one, there's no amount of management that could have helped that guy. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be really rough. It's and it's a distraction. Yeah, I was well, I was gonna say these can be be a distraction. The thought process and just kind of the the way that the manager works, their schedule is very different than a developer. You might be able to handle this sort of personal growth when you're a bit more seasoned. It's just very difficult to do when you're trying to kind of climb the learning curve that is built into the mid-level range because that's yeah. there's a lot like you're like with with a junior you get like you go up the basics and you kind of hit a plateau then you hit mid and there's this like steep upward climb yeah. and when you kind of plateau there you're you're right at that senior level cuz that's like no. Now, speaking of the whole learning thing, another mistake that you often see mid-level developers do is they don't have measurable learning goals that are focused towards an actual career objective. When you're a junior dev, there are a lot of options for learning, and most of them are well-suited su- to your knowledge level. They're built for you. Uh, when you're mid-level, a lot of the tutorials are insufficient at best, and in fact, they tend to contain a lot of things that you know, you're going to get dinged for if you copy paste that code, right? Like memory leaks, you know, uh, SQL injection, those kind of things. Yeah, because it started to get a bit more complicated. And the at this point, the people writing those tutorials and stuff are expecting you to not copy and paste the code, but to see the example and then integrate with your own code. Yeah, which by the way, I try not to ever copy and paste, like rewrite it by hand. Then you can actually remember that you did it because otherwise I won't. Um, but that's a, an aside. Well, just like a junior developer learning how to write Hello World in a dozen programming languages, we've met a few of those, uh-huh. mid-level developers face the risk of not being focused enough in their learning goals. Instead of new languages, though, many will go into random corners of one or two languages, development stacks, or frameworks. If this isn't focused learning around something that you intend to do, you're not going to get the results that you want. Yeah. So like, for instance, if you're a web developer and you're like, hey, you know, I do Node all day long, I'm going to learn Electron. Well, am I going to use Electron at work? If the answer is no, this may not be the time to go learn it. It's cool that you want to learn. It's like, but you really have a lot of growth that you need to manage as it is. Now, that said, some exploration is good, especially when you aren't completely sure where you want um, to be or if you want to stick with your current stack. However, trying too many things can be an indicator that you don't really know where you want to go. And this is a, like like we said, once you get the basics down as a junior, going into that mid-level, it opens up all the doors. This is a time to figure that out. And then once you figured that out, you start pursuing it relentlessly. And your goals should also be focused around your career objectives at this point. Uh, it's it's really fun to try and build a game. Uh, but if you don't want to be a game developer, you probably shouldn't do this right now. Like there's a point when you're a senior where that's you've got a little bit more wiggle room because you're more comfortable. But like you don't want to be trying to climb two steep learning curves at the same time. That's really what this comes down to. Yeah. If you focus on things that help your career, this will position you to more quickly gain 
the knowledge you need. Uh, you can then use that knowledge in more fun projects once you've gotten to that senior level, like Will was talking about. This also has the advantage of making you learn useful things in a work context where you can get help. Yeah. So think about it this way. Your work is now paying for you to learn versus you having to do it the hard way on your own time. So speaking of you know personal growth, another mistake is staying where you're not growing. Job hopping is a problem. We talked about that earlier, but it's also possible to say, you know, stay somewhere too long. I know a guy that has stayed at the same company for like 25 years. And honestly, I still think he's a mid-level dev um, because he hasn't learned anything else. If you get too comfortable with your job responsibilities and you're not learning and you're not growing, it's time to change your job. Mm -hmm. Now, this may not mean actually leaving. It might simply mean taking on more or different responsibilities instead of changing jobs. However, that may not be possible. It just sort of really depends on how your job is structured. Yeah, I, I, uh, it could also mean taking on a side project. I did that uh, when I was about, and that I did that and it helped me get a promotion because I took on this this side project with the logging stuff and that impacted everyone. And so when I, when the promotion was there and I went in for it, um, you know, the, the other senior developers were like, Hey, you know, he's just a junior and he like built out this whole logging stuff for us. And like, he's really doing a good job here. So like people, yeah, I had a junior dev their- that, that did that uh, with our transaction processing. I had a previous job, like completely like remapped it, reworked it, sped it up, fixed all the bugs. Like and it was just like it was a side project thing. And yeah. Um, and he didn't get a promotion because he was in a dead end company. But when he did get a promotion, he more than doubled his salary. Um, so <laughs> like, you know, he'll live. I guess yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not hurting from that. Now. Uh, Some companies also have really bad management and working practices. And you may not have noticed these when you were a enthusiastic junior dev, but a lot of toxic management stuff starts to become more obvious when you are a little bit more seasoned and nobody's protecting you. You know, you may want to go before these people burn you out. Be especially careful during this time to make sure that you don't stay somewhere that overworks you, underpays you, or keeps you trapped in older technology without much future. These things can put you into a headspace that makes it a lot harder to get a new job. And we know people like that. Yeah. And they're trapped forever. Some of them, they're, they're going to retire doing stuff that was mid nineties technology. And, you know, the thing is you got to remember that you also have the ultimate control over your own career goal growth um, and your goals. Unless your job is absolutely working you to death, and even honestly, if it is, you almost certainly have the ability to learn useful things in your spare time that will get you out of that situation. So go do that, right? Like you can take control of your own training and don't leave it up to your employer if they're screwing you over. So the final mistake that mid-level developers tend to make is that they fail to specialize. This plagues a lot of mid-level developers Similar to the issue of unfocused learning, while you can learn to work in all areas of your stack, you should probably specialize in one or two at most until you've achieved mastery. Um, It's like the whole 
the the T level or to T level T shaped shaped developer is what I was trying to say. Where you know, as a junior, you kind of need to be broad to get the basics in all areas, and then as you go into mid, you you deep dive into one area, you know, and you you get that T structure as a mid level developer. Yeah, it does a few things for you. Um, it gives you a smaller set of things to worry about for one, um, which is going to help because otherwise you will get overwhelmed. And this makes it easier to keep going. Like you really do have to manage your motivation on this. Yeah, as you specialize, it also means that other people, including senior developers, are going to start to come to you when they need help with a particular section of code. You know, I remember working, like learning .NET Core because I saw that as the future of of .NET, and I had guys who had been coding like professionally writing software since I was in middle school coming to me to ask for help with stuff because I I had made that my specialty. Yeah. Additionally, you know, when you talk about those guys like a year or two from now, they will remember that you helped them. They will never remember your job title. But they do, you know, they do remember that you were able to help them. And so like in their head, you're at the same level or above. And so when you go for a job at a company they work at, or a company where they, you know, they used to work at and they're still good friends with the management. Yeah. Or they just wrote you a review, you know, a glowing review on LinkedIn, for that matter. Yeah. No. I know when I when I switched, I was just switching departments, but some of the people I knew like that had worked here before and were very complimentary. So yeah, it, it really does make a make a difference. The mid-level portion of your career can be some of your best and most fun years. However, amidst all the fun and interesting challenges, there are things that you can do that will make this phase of your career a lot more difficult than it really has to be. Everyone is going to screw up as a mid-level developer. It's baked into the cake. But avoiding a few common problems will place you ahead of the pack as you work your way through mid-level towards senior level. While all the mistakes we listed are survivable and some are, frankly, pretty hard to avoid, knowing what they are is going to make it easier to quickly overcome them. That pretty much wraps us up. Beach, what do you have this week for us for Tricks of the Trade? So guys, you know, we, we talked about 11 different mistakes or challenges, so to speak, that mid-level developers face. I guess when you're in that mid-level phase, it can be hard or like seem overwhelming. Like just thinking about all the stuff that you have to do and learn. Or if you're a junior or a senior developer, it could be annoying uh, because the mid-level is, if you're a junior, the mid-level is doing this super complicated stuff and you're like, why didn't you just use a for loop there? You know, you know, why didn't you just do a for each instead of like all this craziness? Um, And the seniors looking at it going, why or didn't you just, you just do, do a, a for loop? Because it'd be <laughs> yeah. so much easier to maintain. I could have the junior go in there and fix it if you. <laughs> um, but at the mid level, you're you're still learning those sorts of things. Those like where things go and like the the biggest point here was that I think like the linchpin of this whole thing was the point about um, when not to apply something. But that's not what I really want to talk about. I just wanted to reemphasize that because that's such a key point. Being at like the mid-level in your career, it's sort of like being in middle school. It's an awkward time 
when you're really just figuring out who you are as a developer. You know, you've learned all these cool, complex concepts, but you don't have the experience yet to know how to use them or even where to use them. Remember that growth and learning is a process. And so be lenient on yourself uh, as you're going through this, or if you're around the mid-level developers, you know, understand that, hey, they're going through a process, especially if you're a senior developer, it, it can be really easy over time. If you're if you haven't gone into a leadership role and you're just a senior developer to remember, oh yeah, when I was a mid-level, I did this exact same thing. And you can get frustrated and annoyed with them. Don't let yourself do that. Remember, they're going through a learning process. Be there to guide and mentor them. If you're a junior developer, look at it as, hey, I'm going to go through that soon too. So, you know, I better figure out what they're doing because I'm going to be doing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are a lot of mistakes to be made, but those are all part of the growth process because each one of these, each mistake you make, each failure is going to be something for you to learn from. And you almost have to make a lot of these mistakes before you can really become a senior developer. Because Will and I both know people who either haven't made the mistakes or haven't stuck around long enough to see the effects of the mistakes. And they're basically a mid-level developer with a 20-year career. Yeah. Um, And I make a lot of money cleaning up after those kind of people. Yeah. Not going to lie. So the the big takeaway for the tricks of the trade is that mistakes are going to happen. Failure is part of the process. It's how you learn and it's how you grow. So guys, check out the Aftercast where we're going to talk about some tips for leading mid-level developers and signs that your mid-level is becoming a senior developer. That's pretty much all I got. Talk to you guys next week. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at complete dev pod, like our page on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.